0: Welcome to episode seven of Indie Animation with Trevor and Rob. I'm the currently unknown <laughs> Daniel <Ritzel. laughs>
1: I was gonna not say anything and see how long we could get you to just know. keep going. This
2: is fucking great. I love it. Uh, Dan Driscoll! Oh my god, thank you so much for joining us from the other side of the continent. Where, where are you, man? Where the fuck are you?
0: I am in Connecticut. The, 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 the state of Connecticut. The, uh, I, yeah, New England.
1: Are you in the, are yeah. you in the, the close to New York? Kind of Connecticut, or are you in the Connecticut all by its lonesome? Connecticut. I'm
0: just outside of Hartford. It's about an hour, okay. 45 drive if I were to do it. Which actually I do actually often because I have family in New York. Okay. So, yeah.
1: I I I I only I have very limited experience of Hartford. I went I went to a wedding in Connecticut one time and we stopped in Hartford and I got to tell you my. <laughs> <laughs> My view of of Connecticut before that, and then seeing Hartford, Hartford is like a fucking straight up real city with real
2: really city it
1: shit going on. It's like not all like just
2: like Main Street with like no, a pharmacy and no, a. No, it a was. We stayed
1: store. in a red roof inn, and it was the. It's definitely the roughest red roof inn I can imagine being in. Yeah, it was crazy.
2: <laughs> but you, Dan, you're you're not from Connecticut originally, right?
0: No, not at all. Um, I, I've I've wound up here accidentally twice. <laughs> <my second>
2: time. <laughs> Was it all for the same word? Because uh, uh, there's a couple things, there's a couple rumors I need to clear up with Dan Driscoll. Yeah. Is it accurate to say. It's like a fight that's going to start? It is going to be the fucking awesomest fight ever. <laughs> because, Dan, is it accurate to say that you and your family starred in a tiny home TV show about Connecticut?
0: Wait. It was not, a, it's funny. It was not about Connecticut. Um, the whole history of it is we we lived in Corning, New York for a while. And then I started working in Los Angeles on Robot Chicken. And for maybe two years, three years, I would commute back and forth from New York to Los Angeles because we're just, you know, we're afraid to make that move. Like that's, a, that's a big commitment to actually go that far for uh, work and um eventually we did finally move to new york or didn't move to uh los angeles and uh, we lived there for a number of years and uh anomalies that happened and we were kind of burned out at that point and um the whole uh tiny house craze was going on i was like well maybe if we lived in this tiny house (laughs) but you have a large don't you have a big family and then i could i could work when i wanted to and uh that'll be fun and um we called a realtor that we knew in Corning because we saw this listing online and we bought the house sight unseen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like a day later, my wife saw on Facebook that HGTV was looking for uh, people to be on Tiny House Hunters.
1: Nice. (laughs) So you guys are like the most savvy family in the history of uh, of families. Did you know he was on that TV show? No, I had no idea.
2: Can I... Can we watch this TV show somewhere? Is it like on Vimeo?
0: You can watch watch anything. I'm sure it's on YouTube. You can, um, I'm sure it's on, it was for free. I think it's on Hulu. I think you can see it for free. Um, I have Hulu. If you Google Tiny House Hunters, corner New York, you'll see someone who believes, there's a whole article that someone wrote saying we should be in jail
3: for
0: child abuse. Whoa. You know. (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah, wow
2: well okay so so dan driscoll not only a reality tv star but he yeah. um is a unbelievable animator uh, i had the pleasure of working with this gentleman on anomalisa where he was the animation supervisor and now you are in this tiny little corner of the continent um and you are you're animating out there for like exclusive for like I, um, private clients right sorry you broke up a
0: little bit there but um
2: I'll never break up with you, Dan. Sorry? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay, I guess I will. Um, Yeah, so you're animating and you've been out there in Connecticut animating uh, for a private client.
0: Yeah, for about three years. Holy crap.
2: That's amazing. Are you just, are you going to retire out there?
0: You know, I don't, uh, maybe? (laughs) It's funny, you know, that, that, that TV show, um, let people know that I was on the East coast and I was hanging out. Like, actually, I had just gotten back from Robot Chicken and I was on a bit of a hiatus and they called and they, like, this guy that I knew from my first time in Connecticut at Reckless Abandoned Studios is he like, Hey, come out for like two weeks. I'm like, sure. Why not? So I was there for two weeks and they offered me this job and benefits and permanent position. I'm like, oh, well, and it kind of spiraled out of control from there.
2: And that's the studio where you live right now. That is, it's called Reckless Abandon.
0: It it is not um, the guy that started that studio years ago. That that um, he closed that down some time ago. And what I where I work now, it's um, I don't think we're in Portland. You might be seeing the ads. It's uh, Bob's Discount Furniture. Okay. So every day I go to a uh, a furniture store. And in the back of this furniture store is a full animation studio. That is four stages, so amazing. Lighting, you know,
2: it's <laughs> <laughs> insane.
1: And it's a vacation shop. And, and it's <laughs> enough work from them that they that it's just it
0: just keeps going. I work. Yeah, I've I actually have about a month to use four days of vacation time before I lose them. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm always busy. Wow. <laughs> For <the> Jesus. <laughs>
2: That's crazy. So who's, who's writing these? Who's writing the ads? Are you writing them as well? And coming up with the concepts and the gags?
0: My, my boss writes them. Um, this guy, uh, Steve, he's, uh, the CFO. I have to look up his actual title, but he's the head of the department. He writes them. Uh, we also have other agencies come in writing stuff. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, there's a character named Little Bob. <laughs> and he's a two foot tall puppet, <laughs> and uh, we sell furniture. <laughs> is he? Is he? Is
1: what? he? He's. Is he two feet tall? Uh, in real life.
0: In real life, and in puppet version, yeah. That's
1: a big puppet. Yeah. Yeah, two feet tall.
0: And right now, Fitz, Fitz and I are kind of overhauling, working on new armatures and uh, new three D printed valves and we're like, you know, trying to bring them to the. 21st century. Nice. That's awesome. Have you ever
2: heard of that before? Have you ever heard of like a company that then has like a stop motion shop in their, in the back?
1: No. That's fucking crazy. And this would, this is for another episode, but the, like the Oz West people with the stick bot stuff. Oh, right, right. I mean, there is.
2: But they're selling stop motion fucking puppets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those couches over at Bob's Discount Furniture aren't animating. Right. But you imagine
1: if. They know this is what they want to stick with. Then it's like, you know, it's a great, it's a, it, I think every company should job, have this, yeah. right? I think
2: every company should have a stop motion yeah. stage in um, the back, but you, th- th- you're, I feel like you and Rob and myself, were all the same age, probably ish. ish yeah. Ish. We're all the same. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but you've known Rob a lot longer than I've known you. You like, you guys were kids together animating like way back in the nineties, right? We were eight
1: year olds. Right. Right. eight year olds. Well, I'll say that uh, we'll talk- Dan, Dan was okay. animating before me for sure because he was like, I, I tagged on to the group that Dan is a core member of the group of, which is like, cause you were on <laughs> deathmatch and stuff, right, Dan?
0: I was on deathmatch with Suzanne. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that they're like the, you guys are like the, the originators, uh, and then, um, and then I globbed along when everybody moved out west
2: and, and you uh, uh I'm gonna steal Rob's line that he likes to use in podcasts and say um let's talk about uh what do you know let's talk about little little Danny yeah let's go yeah. back to little Danny let's go back to little Danny okay. back in uh, uh where did you grow up? what was your academic experience like and did you study animation in college
1: and did I do it right? Yeah, you did. I just wanted to add the one more key thing, which is like, what, what brought you into this thing? Like, what, did you see something when you were really little or did you just fall into animation? How, how, what's there? How'd this thing go? Um, let's
0: see. The stuff that brought me into it. I mean, you know, the Rankin Bag, Rankin Bass stuff at Christmas, the, uh, um, Star Wars, like realizing like these monsters were not real and like, you know, these, these crazy puppets that were moving around. And, uh, um, I mean, that's, that's the first, you know, taste of it, you know, seeing Star Wars in a drive-in theater and when I was like four. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that was, that was a huge thing. Um, but I grew up mostly in the Midwest and then, uh, my family moved to Florida when I was, in high school, and uh, uh, I hated it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds and, real uh, rough, especially <laughs> in high
0: school though. Too, <laughs> like,
1: I'm I'm go- I'm in the Midwest, and then when I'm in high school, we move to Florida. Ooh. That's like yeah. some culture shock right there.
2: But well, that also sounds like did you have to you had to sever ties with the friends and connections you had made your whole life in the Midwest? Basically, yeah, and you know it's
0: you know I my my kids now you know they have friends in Los Angeles. And New York and I mean all over. Yeah. And it's very easy for them to text and FaceTime and you know, all the social media, they're all still besties, but you know, you either write a letter or a phone call, you know. Right and uh and yeah, s- you lose pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh that sounds terrible. So you so in high school you moved to Florida. What part of Florida?
0: Yeah. Uh Brainton, Sarasota, like right in the middle on the uh west coast of it. Okay. The Gulf coast coast coastline. Um, but I, you know, at that point I was starting to get into art and, um, Seafood realizing that's one of the few things I was really kind of good at. <laughs> and, um, um, so, you know, looking at colleges, um, yeah, you know, uh, I was looking at, I was looking at getting out of Florida. Um, and even though, so even though I was like walking distance to, uh, Ringling, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to get out of there as quickly as I could. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Wait, hey, Dan. Dan, uh, Dan, let me ask you a question. When
2: you say that you were getting into art and that that was something you found that you had a had a talent for, uh, what do you mean specifically? You're talking about like doodling or drawing or painting or sculpting?
0: A lot of comic book stuff, some sculpting, but yeah, mostly comic books and illustration. And, um, um, you know, I really liked animation, but I had no idea how it was done. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, you know, going to, going to, when I, you know, I, I ended up going to the Rhode Island school of design, knowing I'm going to do illustration or animation. And I think 2d animation, um, and orientation at, uh, at RISD and every, every freshman in the auditorium. And they, they just did show of hands who wants to be in like industrial design and who wants to be in graphic design, who wants to be a painter and when they said who wants to be in illustration, it seemed like the entire auditorium raised their hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and then they said, Who wants to be in film animation? And like thirteen people did. Yeah. And like, I might get a more personal experience in the film and animation department, so maybe I'll just do that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: and what's funny too is that is is that RISD's such a heat. like uh for the East Coast it, it was I don't know if it still is, but at the time it was the biggest animation program. It was the only competition for Cal Arts when I was in school. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we went, right. when we went, when U Arts went to Ottawa, we were the unknowns and it was, uh, mostly RISD students yeah. that were there.
2: I think it's still, I think RISD yeah. still carries that, um, still carries that torch for the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Being an exclusive. Yeah. Uh, for the East
0: Coast. I mean, I feel like I see more stuff coming out of like, uh,
3: ringling
0: now mm-hmm. like they seem to have a decent program and uh maybe even Savannah has some good stuff right Oh out. yeah a That's lot of good stuff. motion coming out of Savannah as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: and Pratt as well as has a lot of stuff coming out now too I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think actually, people are just um, realizing
2: you can do this as a profession. So like parents are like, "Well, what do you want to study?" And they're like, "I think I want to study animation." And it's like, "Holy shit, you can actually do that now." Right. And you can make yeah. a decent coin. Right. I know how much you animators make. You guys make Right. A lot, a lot of money. Oh, yeah. It's a, a real, a lot of money. Fun. It's a real fucking gold rush. <laughs> yeah. A lot of money. Right. <laughs> no, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you take a look at, you know, like, you know, what normal people make, because I don't consider anybody in the animation industry to be normal. When you look at normal people who go yeah. to a normal job and they have their health benefits and stuff, like, you know, in this country, you are considered a success if you're, you know, if you're making like 45 grand a year, you're like middle class right. success. Yeah. But, but those that's numbers. Not,
1: that's not true anymore.
2: Yeah, it's not really true. Okay. No, middle class.
1: They don't even, I don't think they consider anything under a hundred grand middle class at this point.
2: Um, well, well, sure. <laughs> but my, my point being is that in this industry, if you are choosing to become an animator, you, yes, there, you have to go from project to project. But in terms of like your salary draw is like, Pretty fucking good. Yeah, better than, like, better than a lot of like, positions for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not like driving to a cubicle right. or whatever. Like, yeah. if you can, if you've got any level of talent, you can get paid pretty fucking well as an animator. Man, maybe I should go to RISD. You should. You should. <laughs> so, so you went to RISD for four years and <laughs> fucked around in, um, in Rhode Island?
0: Yeah. Is that where you met your wife? And, no, actually, um, we met, um, in Portland. Like we both, um, we both met him. Yeah, we both moved to Portland. I think probably within, it's fine. We were both in, sorry. I after, <laughs> <laughs> after Rizzi, I was, I did a lot of work. I did some work at uh, a little studio called Olive Jar. Mm-hmm. Oh, studio sure. In yeah. Boston.
1: Yeah. Did you,
0: and, uh, I knew people there, but Dan
1: I think went... I knew them after I, they, I think they were people from before you were there. Like with
0: Sean, Sean Burns yeah. was before you were at Olive Jar, right? No, no, I know, I know. Sean Burns from, from I think so, or was that? I guess no. He was already at.
1: Uh, yeah, you, at that point. you know know from Benton, yeah, yeah, I so think. I, yeah. yeah, and then uh, my um uh what the hell's his name uh, Jim Jim Downer. Did you know Jim Downer when you were there?
0: I yeah, I think so. I do know. Him, yeah, he was uh went uh, yeah. yeah. the there. Was all Austin? Yeah,
2: I think Sean Burns just opened his own like kind of micro studio here in Portland he like did. two years ago.
3: Yep. Yeah. Oh wow. Well.
2: Yeah. Damn, damn nice guy. So you were fooling around in Rhode Island. You graduated, uh, at the, uh, prestigious RISD and then you went to Boston and fooled around at, uh, at Olive Jar.
0: I fooled around there, um, trying to get, pick up some freelance work, but I ended up like camping at a lot of places. And then right when the work started to pick up at Olive Jar, I got a job. I had celebrity deathmatch.
2: So wait, um, so let me back up. So how the hell did you learn how to do stop motion?
0: What's
2: that? How the hell did you learn how to do stop motion? Um, was it at RISD? Like I you know. literally had people being like, all right, well, here's a walk cycle. And here's, here's a grab point for this f- puppet. Not
0: really. There was, there was, um, you know, there was very, there were, there were these, uh, puppets that, uh, a, a professor, uh, um, uh Yvette Anderson, I believe that's her name. Mm-hmm. She she like smuggled she used to smuggle films and puppets out of like Soviet, like Poland and like Eastern Bloc country oh, like, yeah. back in the day. That's <laughs> exciting. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now I want to go to RISD.
2: Yeah, holy yeah. shit. She's like fucking Indiana so, like, Jones, dude.
0: So like we had these like weird armature puppets that were apparently, you know, uh from you know, contraband from Russia. Uh-huh. <laughs> were, they, like that. were they ball and but socket? No one, you know, yeah, they're, they're a combination of ball and socket with like wooden block bodies and stuff like that. Crazy. And, um, you know, but, uh, there was no one, it's funny that character animation stuff really didn't get started at RISD till my senior year and I was busy working on my final project. Um, they, you know, I don't know how it is now, but for a long time they had a, um, their 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 policy was we don't train working hands <laughs>
3: right,
0: right right they want they want you to make art yeah, and yeah, graduate yeah. and yeah. be in debt and starve like, yeah no but it was <laughs> but it was a it, was a it was a
1: it was a filmmakers <laughs> program rather than a right. like a uh, an industry program
0: exactly yeah, yeah. Um, but so I learned how to animate um, when I was at Olive Jar there was um, a guy named Tom Gasick, who's awesome oh my Tom, god yeah actually,
2: Tom's amazing.
0: And he, he's a professor now at RIT, but, right. um, he, you know, he, he showed me a few basic things and then I got a job at Deathmatch and I think you've, tell, you've heard it before on your podcast where it's like the real only way to learn is to do it for 10, 12, 13, four hours a day yeah. for like year, a yeah, year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what I did. Um, and you first, did that first, season my first, one. My first day at uh slowing deathmatch I started, I think it was at. Eight thirty or nine, and four of us were animating one shot till like five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I think they, they were
3: afraid
0: to leave hot sets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because so the, the temperature was changing. Was there again at nine and to do it again? So I mean,
1: so Dan, I, I heard stories uh, about deathmatch, like early deathmatch, and that they didn't have grabbers at first. And when the and a couple people got grabbers, and that like changed the game quickly for the right. entire.
0: Yeah, we were animating on, we we're using Adobe Premiere to, uh, grab frames. And if you wanted to, Makes see it, total you have sense. to render off the movie.
1: You know, it's either, you're either using, you know, Dragon Frame or Adobe Premiere. Makes perfect sense.
2: But who was the Joe
1: Chinaki
0: yeah. over
2: there who, who, who unlocked that to be like, you know what? Actually, let's use Premiere. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause that actually seems like a pretty revolutionary step. I, I think yeah, that
0: must have been. Uh, it was. It was set up when I got there. That must have been. I'm guessing the animation director at the time when I started was uh, a guy named Greg Pear, and I'm I'm assuming he probably set that up. Yeah,
2: because it seems like so. a genius unlock. Because it's like, well, if you got Premiere in your editorial suite and you've got you know shit you need to animate, you got your cameras. Like, why not just and there put was, the two yeah. together on And there the was stages. nothing else
1: there. Yeah, there was no there was right. no other there was nothing there was no, no dragon like yeah. Jamie Clary was like yeah
2: I, no you used I the, invented that shit you
1: used yet. the and it's and it's even pre, grabber, right? So and with pre Launchbox. yeah. With Premiere, right. you could yeah. With Premiere, you could you could could you could frame through, but you couldn't play up to live. Or what was the
0: right? You could you could you could scrub through it, right? Um, but yeah, you couldn't play the whole thing live. You'd have to render out like a quick time,
3: yeah.
2: Which back then would take like ten minutes, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because this is what this is like but in the nineteen forties.
0: But I think like Cameron, like Cameron Gray and and Brad Schiff were there, and I don't know which one of them like said, "Hey, I got this lunchbox," and they started using the lunchbox, and they were like the premier guys at the time. Yeah, and uh, like holy crap, we need to get <laughs> yeah of these things.
1: So for people that don't know, the lunchbox was this um, was this little contraption that you could plug your camera into and then back out of into a monitor to. Uh, Basically, just to track your animation, so you're probably shooting in another way. Like in in deathmatch, you guys are shooting into Premiere, but you also have the you have a witness camera, like a camera off to the side that's connected to the lunchbox, and then you can with the lunchbox. It was the first time that you could the first one I think hold like sixty four frames or something like sixty or eighty, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that. yeah. And you could you can. Toggle through so you could frame by frame go through your shot and you could also play it back instantly at real time up to the live frame. And for the longest time, even when uh, digital technology was booming and, and digital video was, you know, standard and stuff before Dragon, almost all of the at least all of the ones that I ever used, all of the, the apps and the programs couldn't they couldn't get to the. They couldn't get a seamless back-to-live frame, so you would be watching your stuff, and there'd be just the teeniest little (laughs) delay before you got to your live frame. And that's the thing that makes all the difference, is, like, smoothing into your current frame is how you could tell, you know, how smooth your animation is. Right, and that was the
2: most helpful tool for you at that time, getting right up to the frame that you're about to, like... Add a new frame
1: Right, right, right. So the lunchbox was this, was this, I th- and I think it came out of Oregon. I
2: think it was I Portland heard the rumor that Gary, uh, Dan, do you know the name Gary McRobert? I don't think I do. So the rumor, is, so he's like 12 and a half feet tall. He's here in the Pacific Northwest. He lives in like St. Helens in this like. Awesome little corner of Portland.
1: He's like the Hagrid of stop motion animation. Fuck that is that
2: is <laughs> he, he is like fucking Hagrid, dude. Absolutely. But instead of like being like the animal monger, he's an electronics genius. And I I believe he had a hand in building the lunchbox. Yeah, and literally. I mean, he,
1: was at, he was at Vinton forever, so I don't yeah. I don't doubt it. I know they have got to be connected some way. But 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 whatever it was before before there was Dragon, the biggest the biggest. Uh, like game changer was the lunchbox because for, I don't remember, it was like a thousand bucks or 1200 bucks or something. You could yeah. buy this thing and the people with this thing were getting better so much faster than everybody else. It right. was,
2: and they weren't stabbing oh, themselves with surface gauges.
1: <laughs> well, it also ushered in a new era of animation where animators before the lunchbox had to be super talented at making things smooth without the lunchbox. Yeah. And after the lunchbox, it kind of opened the door to so many more people, but at the, the same, Peters. what, yeah. <laughs> oh, <the Peters>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but that, but the thing is, is that also I've seen animators that I feel like are, have taken everything to the next level that, that wouldn't have been able to without right. the lunchbox. Oh, like they, like I, I feel like it, Basically, it was like this thing where, yeah, it leveled the playing field in a way, but then also the people that excel at that point, after that point, are this new generation of animators where they're, the way that they're even thinking about it, stop motion is not the same way. Like not, um, you watch pre-grabber stuff and there's kind of a, um, I don't know, I don't know how to, there's like a very segmented quality to it that's that's beautiful in its own way but it's almost like because you're, you you can only surface gauge so many things at the same time you know things right. feel kind of like locked down and the arms moving smoothly or something and then after right. the grabber right. the core of the yeah. character yeah. bouncing right. around and you, you know that's
2: funny i you know i i have a deeper respect for the grabber now we back in 2010 we were testing animators for a project up here in portland and we the studio I was at at the time didn't have, we didn't have enough dragon stations because we were in the middle of the shoot, but we were taking on more animators. So our stage manager just grabbed a bunch of lunch boxes Mm. and set them up. So when animators came in to our insert stage, they were actually using the lunch box as the test as as a way to test. Yep. Um, Which is fucking fantastic. So, you know, so Dan, I feel like you represent really, really well, the idea of the nomadic stop motion animator yeah. because you've been uh celebrity deathmatch in New York. Uh, you're working in Boston. You're currently working in Connecticut. You and I work together in Los Angeles. You and Rob work together in Portland.
0: Yeah. And um, San Francisco. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. what was that? That so was, was
2: the, the, the,
1: uh, we were Phantom uh, Inves- Investigators. Yeah. That was Phantom Investigators. Yeah. No yeah.
3: shit.
2: Yep. Well, the, um, uh, because I'm a Portland boy, the my loyalty is here. So my big question is, how long were you in Portland, and what was your Portland experience like when you were here?
0: Um, I was in Portland for two years, three years. Mm-hmm. Not not long enough. Um, long enough to you know? I think it was the two seasons. I'm trying to remember how long uh, PJs even lasted. It was three. Um, if, if you felt, you were there kind of a blur out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it was PJs did. <laughs> Did three seasons and I think you were second yeah. and third,
0: right? I was on the second season, yeah. yeah. And, um, it's all a blur just cause, you know, I met, I met my wife and, uh, we very quickly had a, a kid and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Then we moved, then we moved to San Francisco. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but
2: you were, so it, you were not yeah. on Gary
0: and Mike. You were only on the PJs. Yeah. Um, I, I visited Gary Mike, you know, uh, a few times, and it seems like a little more fun. <laughs> uh,
1: but not yeah, I, I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> we all looked at PJ's as like the like the the uh, um, I don't know, like the 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 refined like like you do good and you do good enough on Gary and Mike, and you, you then you could graduate to the PJ's. PJ's. Yeah.
2: So then, so you did um, seasons two and whatever that kind of truncated season three of the PJ's. And then you heard that Phantom Investigators was a show that was going to be uh, shooting in San Francisco. Uh, and then you were like, fuck it. I'm done with Portland. I'm going to San Francisco.
0: Well, there was just, you know, um, I think you guys have touched on it. I mean, at the time, I think, uh, you know, both shows, both PJs and Gary and Mike were canceled, um, you know, there are all these red flags that Vinton's was kind of like circling the drain. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, there, was, there was enough of a gap where I didn't work where I thought maybe going to San Francisco would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, that turned out to not be true, but, um,
2: I mean, wait, 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 <laughs> was it not a good idea to go to San Francisco? Don't, aren't there songs that tell people to go to San Francisco because it's so great. There
0: are. And we, and my wife and I listen to them. Yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait! I'll, it sounds like there's a story here. What do you mean? Talk to me. Talk to me, babe. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I, I'm sure you heard it from Rob, but we all went, you know, when Fan Investigators ended, um, it had been such a rough year um, for so many reasons. Yeah, uh, two, two in particular, but uh, um, and the, uh, three because the economy was, I think, tanking at that point. Yeah, um, and we we're, you know. We are looking for work, but couldn't find it. And, uh, my wife actually got a job that would pay for the move out of San Francisco. Yeah. And Uh, San Francisco is not, not,
1: not, uh, or uh, especially at that time, not a good place to, to not be working. So the problem with the freelance market is that like, and Portland's, you know, Portland's, uh, you know, definitely better than San Francisco as far as this, but it's, it's, it's not great, but at the time it was really good. The, you know, like the, yeah. the cost of living was low. Um, here in Portland, in, in yeah. Portland. And the, the one thing that I, that I really noticed in, in San Francisco was that like the moment the job was done, it was like, you got to get out or you got to have right. the next thing lined up.
2: Yeah. Because your apartment's like $3,000 a month. It's yeah. Like, and and the vacancy rates only like I mean, 1%. It's like fucking crazy.
1: Everything right. was so, was, was crazy expensive and there wasn't, um, there was no other thing ready to go. But is this, uh, is this
0: 9-11? At end, at, oh. Also, at the end of the investigators, story. when there were people planning on going back to Portland, I remember there were people that were like, I don't have enough money to rent a U-Haul.
3: Right. There. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, um, it, was, it was a crazy kind of time. And, you know, my wife was working. So we had, you know, a little bit of time to figure out um, what was going on. But, um, and that was a frustrating thing is actually at the time, you um, there was a director on, uh, you know, these are one of those missed opportunity things where it's like, uh, one of the directors on the TJs, um, Lyndon, uh, Barrios, what well, mm-hmm. he became, I think it was the animation supervisor on was it the second Matrix movie. Yeah. yeah it was, he was working on with the Matrix movies in Alameda.
1: The rhythm and Hands right?
0: Um, was that, Yeah. Yeah. And so we were, I was actually talking to him quite a bit and, um, they were dragging their feet on hiring and there's all this stuff going on. And my wife and I are like, well, we have to move, like we're going to be evicted like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh. um and um so she flew out with um uh, em the baby uh to new york and my dad and i were finishing the last packing up uh the cars and no shit i was getting into the car and he called and it was like, hey, we'll offer you a job. I'm like, I'm leaving today, <laughs> like, now.
2: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you, you so. went from Phantom Investigators to The Matrix?
0: No, almost.
1: No. One no, car ride almost. away. Yeah. <laughs> well, so.
0: That was a, that missed thing.
1: So, so I feel like, uh, you know, we should, this is this is the, this will be our, we'll, we'll figure out something uh, happier to talk about after this. But I feel like we've. Danced around it and, and, and should, should go through it. Is this going to be our
2: serious podcast?
1: Yeah, I just think this moment, you know, I think that like what Dan's been hinting around was some stuff that went down while we were on this production. And I think it's worth,
2: was that the loss of uh, the, the guy who yeah. died in the car accident in Oakland? No car accident. No, no. Uh,
1: Dan, do you want to, do you want to take us through and I'll chime in? Are you comfortable with that?
0: Um, Sure.
2: Because um, <laughs> I've heard the story from Octavia, yeah. but go, yeah, I want to hear it. I think I'm missing some details. Um,
0: so Monday morning, September 10th, um, I get to work and I'm working on a stage. Um, it was, it was, um, it was a giant, it was a giant, um, uh, mansion. And we're all, you know, was working and, um, people, people start like, there's a little bit of a scramble and people are coming around. And, like we had a big meeting. Everyone's getting together for this big meeting. And, um, and, uh, I was joke, and we joked, Oh, we're getting canceled. Right. Better go pack our bags. Yeah. You know, that's
1: the worst uh-huh. thing we could think of at the time. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we all gather around and, uh, <laughs> and uh sorry <laughs> yeah, no, and they uh and they uh um they say uh um Billy Green has been shot, oh Jesus, he was shot uh, Saturday night, and I'm like, well, what do we and i I can't remember if I said it out loud or not, but I was like, well, what do we we should go to the hospital, right, uh, why are we here?" And, uh, it, it, you know, it took a minute or two and then like p- the process, but he, he was, um, um, I believe the story was he, he had just gotten, he was on, he was, he was getting coming home from seeing, um, the head would angry inch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the movie. Yeah. And outside his doorway of his apartment, someone walked up and just, uh, shot him in the back of the head and, Jeez. uh, he died in his doorstep. Um, right there. Um, so that was, that was Monday morning.
1: Yeah. And this was, and this was like, uh, just to, just to like a teeny bit of background on Billy was that he, Billy Green was, um, an amazing animator, um, and a really good friend to everybody on the production. And he was like the uh, you know when someone dies and people say like oh he was you know the, the uh, in- instantly the person just becomes like the nicest person sure, that everybody yeah. liked and whatever this was <laughs> it was there's never been anyone I can think of in my entire life who who was who fit the bill more like he was such an amazingly nice guy I can't even like I can't anything that I say is is not going to illustrate enough how this. This was the person that everybody liked and that who like made the peace with everybody and befriended everybody. And like stop motion community is, is a real kind of like a fringy outcasty community. He's like, he, he's like, he was like this unifying glue to this group of outcasts. I mean, this, it's going to hit hard if anybody, (laughs) if, if anybody died on a production. And especially if anyone got murdered on a production, but right. this, this was like uh, this insane explosion. Like I, like the, everybody was floored and, Jeez. and it was so instant and unthinkable. It was like, I can't, uh, you know, the, they, they sent us home for the day and, and people, you know, people did different things. Uh, people came down that day from uh, Portland, uh, flew down right. that day and, and had like, uh, like, uh, I think, I think everybody went to the beach or something as uh, to kind of do yeah. like a quick <laughs> memorial. I did not go Cause I was like, I, I've, I've, I was weirding out and, and went and weirded out by myself, but it was like, um, it was just, uh,
2: was he, was he a Portland guy in terms of animation? Was he like a Vinton stalwart? Billy Green? He
0: was, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. At, I met him on the PJs. Um, yeah. And actually he was, he was like, so like Cameron Gray and Brad Schiff, they were on Deathmatch and they were the first to go to, uh, to Portland. The P- right. And then a few months later, uh, I can't remember if both of them came out or if it was just Brad Schiff, but Billy Green was with them. Uh, they came back to New York and I mean, it was, really some sort of like scalping operation yeah yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> it was a recruiting all, all, recruiting operation they're here in town and we all hung mm-hmm. out and they're all like you know selling us on Portland and uh, and they're using reason. at the end of the night Billy Green talking to him that like that one Friday night when they all came out you know it was one of the reasons I, I moved to Portland yeah he's the reason because I moved to Portland I met my wife and have kids and yep. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: How how far how far um how long had you guys been working on Phantom Investigators? Like how many episodes or how many months in on this job before this uh this awfulness happened to Billy?
1: I don't remember. I feel like we're in the last third Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Like that sounds right. Um,
2: because Phantom was what is it one season? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was like twelve episodes or something. Yeah.
1: It's like that's like the doom of most stop motion, at least at the time, was like if you if you even get on the air. You, you can go. make a whole show, and maybe uh, <laughs> no one ever sees but it. But
2: that's crazy. But so you guys had spent like a year or something, all in this tight knit community in San Francisco. This is post Skellington pictures. It was
0: also, big. I mean, it was basically a Portland transplant. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. everybody was down. Everyone from, came and Gary from Mike. Um, uh, Mittens, you yeah. know. So it, was, it wasn't like Jeez. you know a whole new crew together. It was basically like everyone from. Portland went to San
2: Francisco, and, and Octavia was your was your AD down there, right?
0: She was a, one of the coordinators,
1: I think.
2: She was a coordinator, or producer, she and Ariane. Ariane was one of the producers. Right?
1: Ariane was the yeah. producer.
2: She was the, the was main the show producer. producer. She was the showrunner. show, yep. show uh, producer, show
1: producer, not the showrunner. I don't think. No. And and yeah. and then there were three, as I remember, three producers. I guess she was a producer then, because there. I, I believe there were three line producers. I don't remember whether that was right. their title, but there was somebody for each of the groups. They had three directors and three groups. So,
2: and so this, so this is Monday morning. This is September 10th. September 10th. Are we talking about like of 2001? Yes. Oh shit. Okay. So, I know what's
1: okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So just Jesus. to set the stage, this is the
1: Graham
3: episode. I'm going
1: to hand this back to to Dan, uh, so this doesn't turn into the, another fucking Rob episode. But <laughs> just, just to recap. No. We yeah, but we just went through this whole day of this mind blowing event has happened that like even beyond even before like grieving, at least for me it was like trying to just stretch my head around to like even the reality that it happened. Like even I don't know how to say it, but like to get out of shock and into like, all right, how am I gonna? And I and I woke up the next day feeling like okay. I, this thing happened. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to, I can, I felt like I can deal with this. Like me personally, like I felt like, okay, this is not, you know, like, like now I can go, I, I, I don't know. I accept that this happened and I can face it back to Dan. Well,
0: you (laughs) often think you're going to be with the people, I mean. You know, we were. You know, if you're to be miserable, you might as well be with everyone else. Right, 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 right. You might as well all be suffering together yeah. at work.
2: What was Musée um, on this on that picture in San Francisco? Yes. Yeah. So Musée was down there too. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you guys all eat your Cheerios and shit, and and muster the strength to get back in on Tuesday morning, right. back to the mansion that you guys were shooting in.
1: And then they once really, again right. they call another meeting.
2: Is that true? Did <laughs> they there, really?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it, well, it was funny for me, like. Because I, um, you know, I got up and I got ready for work and, and, uh, Cindy and getting Cindy like, and our kid ready for, you know, daycare. Like, and then, um, I got in the car to drive. I was living in Alameda, so I had to, you know, take the bridge over. And, um, yeah, I was one of those guys that would listen to Howard Stern on the four hour delay. Uh, Or was I live? I can't remember how I listened to it, but it was like, you know, I I would, I would, I would would toggle between Howard Stern and like NPR on the way to work. Like every time there's a commercial, I'll go to NPR and the news was just really weird. It was, I think the, the, the Howard Stern feed was like the four hour delay. uh So whatever time he said it was, that's what time it was uh, in California. Um, but a commercial would come on, and I would go to NPR, and and people are talking like, you know, something bad has happened, and the people's like, "This is clearly an attack." I'm like, "What are you guys talking about? Like, right. What's going on? And and why is my commute so easy?" Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, because everyone was gathered around their televisions, yeah. And shit.
0: Right. Yeah. And then uh, I get to the I get to the studio, and we have a TV, and people are like, trying to stick coat hangers into the antenna to get a signal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the and days, the, the pre-Obama door. box days of to television. Really the towers are coming down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck. The, what is going on? Yeah. Like.
1: Yeah, it was like
2: um unreal. Oh, my God. And and uh, I've got a question. I hope it's not insensitive. Did they then send the crew home again? They asked us.
1: They didn't. They asked they us. They asked us. To Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I, my recollection of this was like, they were like, we went, we went and we met out in that, in that, like, whatever, that eating area again, that outside, right. whatever. And I think everybody, like, they were like, so we're not quite sure what to do. Uh, but, you know, we don't, you guys definitely don't have to work, but, if you want to work,
0: if you did. And
1: I was like, <laughs> at that point I was like, yeah, I need to fucking work. Like yeah, I cannot, yeah. I can't yeah, take yeah. another day of thinking about this crazy shit. And we're, you know, every, you know, like everybody's, you're calling people to make sure. Cause that's the other thing is like, at the time that this happened, there was also, there was the flight in DC and then there was the, right. there was the, the crash in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And I think like, no one had any inclination of like, whether this was, uh, the end, like whether this I, was I, remember, like,
2: I was living in Los Angeles at the time. It like, was fucking disorienting. Are there more, are there there
1: more coming time. in an hour? Mm-hmm. Like what, like right. what's, you know, so it was just yeah, really like, the
3: yeah, there there's still planes.
0: yeah, there's still planes in the air Right. and there were, you know, there were times like, or, you know, the news was so sporadic and crazy, like. You know, there was the rumor for a while that all the bridges were closed. Like, yeah, i was like, how am I getting home? Right. You know? And, right. Uh, and they um, were thinking yeah, like, what's I mean,
1: the? Everyone was worried about what's the next target, right? Because they were thinking like, yeah. every city was coming up with like, well, is it going to
2: be the BART system? Yeah. Or
1: well, the the right. the two that that there was a lot of fear over were the bridges. That like yeah. the Golden Gate Bridge for symbolic value or yeah, something, yeah. and then. The Bay Bridge just to shut just for the city commute, down. Yeah. They were like, if they shut the, if they, if they blow up the Bay Bridge, uh, San Francisco can't exist without the, without, I don't know how fucking true that was, but at least that was. Sure. Like, I mean, right. That I was mean, the story. Yeah. Right.
2: I mean, what are you going to do? Swim across the fucking bay?
1: Right. Uh, holy shit. But yeah. So that put a real, that put a real downer on the entire production <laughs> because it was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I, I don't remember a heavier, Two day period for me.
2: But you guys went, but, but then that Wednesday or whatever. And then, you know, folks came down from Portland to to try to help everybody mend. But that week, I imagine was fucking awful. And then you guys effectively just got back to business and, and finished out the last three or four months of the, of the season.
1: Well, you know what? It must have been because I went home for Christmas and came back. So it must have. There was. We still yeah. had some time. We still definitely had some time.
2: Oh, plenty because of, of time like, left from on September this and then through to Christmas yeah. and then back for the spring. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Um, but that was the only thing happening at that time uh, in San Francisco, right. in terms or, of stop yeah. motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in terms of terrorism.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I want to say that that was the only. That was the only show going on at that time that was stop motion. So when
2: you guys wrapped, it became another situation of that nomadic stop motion experience where you're like, oh, fuck. Do I go to England and work for Aardman? Do I go back to Portland? No, you
1: can't go to England and work for Aardman.
2: Why can't you do that?
1: Because what about Gerald Howard, That's he's the only one, dude. He's the only one. Gerald, wait, what about yeah. Sue? So wait,
2: so Sue never? Why do I have this idea Bartek? Of Sue? But Bartek is the Bartek's like Eastern Europe. He's got like he has, seventeen passports. I think Bo- he probably think works for the CIA. Bartek has a Polish
1: passport, or or some sort of some sort of something that allows for that. But yeah, you can't because that that was always the thing. Was like seems like they got so much great stop motion going over there. Um But I remember around the time of of um it was like Corpse Bride and Wallace and, Wallace and Gromit were happening, and then it was like, "All right, can we go over there?" And yeah. it was like, not easily. Like only if you yeah. are the best, yeah. and I'm not the best, so I'm not going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there, but all that shit is so heavily subsidized by the government that it's in the, everybody's best interest to keep everything as local as possible. Sure, I mean every, I every those dollars are there to like everywhere help here, to the local economy. That is true. Yeah.
1: Everywhere but the states. Even in Canada, the, the tax rebate for Canadian, for Canadian employees for Canadian productions yeah. is, is, is huge. I want to, yeah. yeah.
2: before I die of liver failure, I want to work in a country where the art is subsidized to the point where I can be so fucking risky in mm-hmm. terms of the storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Where you don't have to worry about turning yeah. a dollar. Yeah. Like, I just want that once. I know it's not a sustainable business model and people have issues with subsidies, but like, yeah. fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if, what if, um, so Dan, your wife got a job somewhere sometime after or toward the end of, of, yeah. of this picture and brought you guys where geographically?
0: Um, it was upstate New York, um, a, a small town called Monticello. She was, she got a job at a uh, residential, um, facility for children with uh, severe mental and physical disabilities. Holy cow. Uh, and uh, you know for for a few months I was you know, I was still like sending out reels and resumes and demos and trying to call people, but there was just there was so little going on. Yeah um, yeah,
2: even the commercial and, world yeah. took a major hit at that time.
0: That's when I learned CG yeah. was this exact it time?
1: Really? I'm not kidding. Right. <laughs> I, I like I literally felt like I need to learn CG because there's no jobs.
2: Well, can I have, because you guys are contemporaries and you guys have known each other for a long time, I actually want to ask a personal the same personal question to both of you guys. Is that w- w- when you leave a big production and you create an instant family with people and then that production is over like um, Phantom Investigators, do you guys go through a period of um, just basically like classic depression, you know, for like a time period afterwards when you when you don't have work and you're not around that work environment, you know, at the end of these pictures?
1: I'm gonna let Dan start that. Yeah.
0: One. I mean, I think, I mean, it's a pretty, it can be a pretty mixed bag, you know, um, at the end of a I'm not Melissa, you know, you know, you're kind of relieved,
2: but that was a tough, well, like, that was a really tough to job,
0: but you're also just really depressed because like, what do I, what do I, what do I, I just did this amazing thing. What do I do now? Yeah. You know? so Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I'm just hearing that phenomenon more and more. I, I, from other people. And I experienced that at the end of like a big project where I'm like, Jesus, am I like is this? Is this really what depression feels like? You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, like it's momentary, but it, it what? seems that it seems like it's a common kind of trend in the entertainment. I'm film. with
1: Dan where it's kind of, where it's almost always a mixed bag for me because almost always the production is pretty exhausting. So there is, there's an element of like, you've been looking forward to, to having a little bit of a break, but then there's, uh, there is the kind of like, you know, you've been pushing and pushing to get this thing done and there's no fireworks at the end of it, you know, yeah. like you get done a project.
2: Right. Yeah, there is no, like, even like a wrap party, it's still like, it you get some like fucking that. free yeah. chips or yeah. whatever. And it's like, ah.
1: And then, and then there's also a mix of, uh, you know, when it's done, there's a mix of like, like, all right, I have, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm glad, you know, I, I get a, a moment of rest, but there's also the anxiety that goes with it of like, well, what next? You know, like,
2: yeah. like, right. will none I ever us, be able to insert yeah. myself back into none the of us are in a, yeah. none of
0: us are like, in a position. Like, I gotta, I gotta apply for uh unemployment tomorrow, and I gotta find the next thing. Yeah, you know, especially like in Los Angeles where it's like, <laughs> you know, it, you know, you can't last too long on. uh on unemployment. No, so, no. Yeah, no, but you, yeah, I that, it was always that scramble. Yeah. You know, but how long things that led us to leave?
2: How, how long were um, you, how long were you not depressed in that small town in upstate New York when your wife was doing God's work? Um, and you were, you were sending resumes and stuff out. How, how long did that period last before you got your next stop motion gig? Uh, it was actually a
0: long time. I actually, um, um, in, in that area, someone with a college degree is actually, you know, kind of a rare commodity. <laughs> and I said, well, if I go, if I start, if I get my master's in uh, special education, will you give me a job? And they're like, sure, you can, you can have a job here. And like, I walked in and they made me a teacher of a classroom. <laughs> you no know, prior, it's literally like I walk in and suddenly I have to like for, you know, 10 hours, I have to take care of these eight kids with, like, two assistants. Holy shit. And these assistants have been there for, like, 10 years, and I'm like, hey, it's my first day ever. My wife's a speech pathologist, so right. I know stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Is that what you were doing, is speech pathology?
0: No, I was... No, that's what my wife does. I was doing...
2: Teaching them how um, to
0: animate? I I was trying to... I was taking like, some cues from her, but, you know, it's, you know... You get these kids and you feed them breakfast and then you, you know, you might read stories to them and then you have to like, you, you, you try to keep, you know, treat it like a real classroom where you're, you know, you kind of teach them about like stuff, like, and you, they, these, these nonverbal kids have to make, you know, choices to like, did you learn from this lesson or did you do this? And mm-hmm. then you, you wow. take them for a walk and show them trees and talk about leaves and how they, that's beautiful. And then you take them swimming and, um, you do physical therapy with them and, um, you give them lunch and you do all that again. And then, uh, at the end of the day, you send them back to their dormitory. And,
1: and then you, uh, and, and then you were like, this real work is for the fucking birds. I want to go play I'm with really, some yeah. dolls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want to go push was, some puppets actually,
0: around. I was actually really good at it. Yeah. Um, but, um, from, from being was, a father, from being a really, really funny, good dad. Like, you know, sorry.
2: Was it because you were you had already had a child uh, you had already had a child by that time and that you were you were groomed as a father and that you kind of knew how to how to have a bedside manner with children?
0: Maybe that could be a maybe. I was just trying. I don't know. That that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but it, you know, it, it's funny. You know. You'd like to think that everyone is on the same page as far as that goes, but the politics of the place got so crazy that my wife and I are like, "We and and Monticello, New York." I mean, it's a it's a very special place, and and we want. We, after a year, we we left.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And we moved to Corning, New York, um, for the first time because um, my wife had family there, and um, it was pretty. And after, actually, we moved to Corning, and that uh, you know still looking, you know, like, well, now I'm unemployed again, so I'm going to look for more animation work somewhere. And,
2: uh, um, and that somewhere turned out to be Los Angeles.
0: No, actually that, that somewhere turned out to be a a TGI Fridays hosting job.
2: Really? Like (laughs) at the podium and like where you have (laughs) buttons on and all that sizzle or whatever they call it. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, that was that was probably that was probably the rock bottom right there.
2: <laughs> but did you feel at that point in your life, after coming from uh, that teaching environment with those with the the children with with um, you know with with se- severe situations, and then now being a host at a TGI Fridays in some town in New York, did you feel as if perhaps um, your experience with stop motion was over, and with the entertainment field was that that it was done that you'd you were going to start like a new chapter in your life?
0: Well, I mean, I was always still, you know, I was still looking and still, um, you know, I was doing a lot of photography at the time, and uh, but I was still looking for animation work. And um, uh, right about that time, so I, I think I was like four or five months. It was funny, I had just gotten promoted to busboy at TJ Friday's which was a real step up because I wouldn't have to deal with people. So
2: oh, yeah. Just with dirty <laughs> dishes. <laughs> in <the Yeah>.
0: front. <laughs> and, um, uh, and that's when I got hooked up with, uh, Michael Bannon, uh, from Reckless Abandoned Studios in Connecticut. And so, um, I went out there and ended up working on, uh, Fisher Price Little People for, almost a year. Oh sure! I mean, of that, like it's the packaging. Like these DVDs would come with the toys.
1: Oh yeah, I knew um, that. My
0: kids knew those well.
1: Discovering yeah, Maggie. You're, you're welcome. Discovering fun. <laughs> with uh, that was uh, what's his name? Uh, Neville. Aaron Neville was the Was sang the song. Oh, yeah. No. Was it really?
3: Discovering Maggie. Dude, I can't that's do. It. A, that's I can't a, do Aaron Neville.
1: That's a grab right there. That's oh,
2: fantastic. Yeah. Hey, uh, the sun's starting to set, so I'm gonna turn the light on in the uh, living room slash studio here. Oh, let there be light. So, um, so you (laughs) didn't go to Los Angeles, you, um, stayed in New York. Where was that geographically? Were you still commuting when you worked at Reckless?
0: Yes. Um, I got like a small efficiency. I mean, we were not going to move to Connecticut on some, you know, this is, this is kind of the start of the whole, I'm not moving my family for some, you know, fly by night studio. Right, Right. I don't know, like, you know, why, why take another, you know, San Francisco risk, um, and so I got like a, a small efficiency, and uh, um, yeah, we were. I worked on that project with you know Chris Calvi. Who else? Uh, Wendy Fuller was there. Oh yep. yeah. Um,
1: um, Harv was there. David.
0: Harv, yeah.
1: Yeah. Harv, uh, what? Uh, yeah, that's when he. That was his there. big entry met.
2: into stop motion. Oh shit! Wait, really? He and his wife. Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. See that's yeah. I don't know much about his lineage. Like I know about, more about the other two. It. I think I saw stupid, some pictures
1: but. there of him without a beard. No. Yeah,
0: I know. Yeah. Is that crazy? That's really crazy. <laughs> I'm not going to dig some of those out. Uh, <laughs> I, feel
2: like, I feel like I'm learning more now. So, oh, so that makes sense. So you were there. So you were at that studio for a while, and then yeah. you, um, and then you went to Robot Chicken.
0: No, actually, uh, right towards the end of that were these rumblings of some weird stop motion shows. Starting in, in Los Angeles, and that was robot chicken, and people were talking about it, and I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to. Like that seems really far. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, towards the end of that, uh, we, my wife got pregnant with our second kid, and uh, and then the job uh, just abruptly ended. Uh, Hasbro, Hasbro, Hasbro just pulled the plug on us because we were really behind schedule and like all this craziness. Um. And so they pulled the plug on it and so again quite abruptly we were unemployed and I you know, luckily I just had this efficiency I could I could pack up and just move back to Corney, New York. Yeah. Um, actually but also on um, the animation uh, director supervisor on, on the little people was um, Tom Gasick.
3: Mm. Who I knew oh, from right. knowledge
0: Yeah. And he, he was just finishing his masters program. And um, so, I was like, masters, that's, you know, I was thinking about getting one of those for special education, like a year and a half ago. I should, yeah. look, I should look back into that. <laughs> and so, instead of going to um, LA and working on a roll of chicken, I, I was like, I'm just gonna, you know what? This was fun, but I'm gonna take a break. I'm gonna go to get my masters. I'm going, I'm, I went to Rochester Institute of Technology and like, I'll learn. Yeah. Computer animation—that's the thing. Um, and uh, Tom Gasick and I show up on the first day. I'm fancy meeting you here. He was—it was his first year as a professor, and it was—you know—my first day as a student again after many years of being away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I focused on CG for two years, and then I went the robot chicken the third back wait 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 wait
2: you're a CG animator like right now you could open up the program and just start busting out
0: yeah actually um there's there's a lot of CG stuff going on um, I mean preliminary stuff going on with uh, at Bobs but um you know a lot of stuff was like rapid prototyping and, and replacement pieces and stuff like that but um, there's you know so I do have that experience so that's you know, it's finally coming into into play years later.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's <laughs> awesome. Why
2: how many years were you on Robot Chicken?
0: Um Or is it better I to clock started, it in? I it's funny, I started on the it was the second Star Wars special. I um, love, I love I that special. Though, me and Time don't get along so well, so I'll see that one wasn't. <laughs> um
2: but this is, is this I'm back when they were before, still with, sh- when they before, were still so with like, Shadow Machine?
0: Seven? Yeah.
2: Sorry, I'm, st- I'm um, stepping on you. Say that again. Sorry about that.
0: I think, I, I think the Star Wars special was right before season four, I want to say. And that, and that until, um, I think seven, I think was my last season.
1: Okay.
2: Wow. I want to say. And did you guys move, um, you guys moved studios a lot while you were there?
0: No, um, it was all in Hollywood. Point, at that point, it was all at, um, at Shadow.
2: It was all Shadow Machine. So, so they hadn't joined yeah. forces with Stupid Buddy yet. Or with, uh, no. Buddy System.
0: I think my first year there was like the, actually the first time I went to LA was Harv had just left. Harv and Towner had just left Shadow to start, um, Buddy Systems.
3: Hmm.
0: Um, so that, they were actually my first gig in L.A. working on a thing called Drumbone, was It like an ESPN mascot behind the scenes docudrama thing. Yeah. You know, it's
2: funny because up here in Portland, you can follow the DNA chain. And I say this on every podcast of Will Vinton uh, winning the Academy Award. And you can follow how the animation industry grew in Portland from that moment. And it feels like Shadow Machine. From a historical point of view, is such a significant institution when you're looking at the Los Angeles stop motion scene. That their yeah. DNA chain, um they uh, you could tie them to uh what is modern day Starburns, you could obviously tie them yeah. to Buddy System, you can tie them to robot chicken, to the uh 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 what what's now stupid buddy, and for folks who don't know, Matthew and Seth joined um joined forces With, uh, Harv and Towner. And so the four of them Lord, they are the four Lords of Stupid Buddy, which is the robot chicken, Buddy Thunderstruck, um, that WME wrestling thing, Super Mansion, uh, the soon to be Crossing Swords on, uh, Hulu. I think that's Hulu. Yeah. Anyway, but there it's amazing. I feel like I want to turn this into a video podcast and just do an org chart where you can see the the kind of (laughs) how these things Blossom and grow like a fractal. Um, so at any rate, so you were down there and um, you got... Were you still on Robot check-in when you got a call to come over to Anomalisa? Um, no,
0: how did that all work? Um, yeah, because you guys time, were mostly all
2: staffed up by the time I got there.
0: Right. So what happened with... Let's see. I'm trying to remember the whole... Yeah, again, it's like one DNA split. It's, it's, um, (laughs) so Harvin Towner teamed up with Matt and Seth. So, so at Shadow, it was at that time, like Shadow had lost Robot Chicken and they had been gearing up for...
2: Frankenhole, right?
0: They were just, they were just starting to gear up for, no, for, because Franken, Franken Frankenhole was at... Oh no, Moral Oral, right? No, I, I never, I worked on what, like maybe two weekends of Mortal Oral. And actually that was during, that was like the special. They did like a Mortal Oral special. That's right. Yeah. And that was during, I think I want to say that was during Helen back. Um,
2: sorry. I keep stepping on you. What yeah. were you saying? Shadow machine was gearing up for.
0: They're working on that, their feature Helen back. Oh, it was Helen back. Jesus,
2: man. That yeah. must have been, they must have been working on that for a long time.
0: They, that, that, God, it's so crazy because, let's see how did that work it was I should write this down or, like, you
3: know,
0: <laughs> well, like, this, I, we're doing, that, it, or we it's doing it, it right <laughs> now it's
3: okay
2: this yeah. This podcast is like your notes this, yeah. this is
1: your. It, we're your dictaphone
2: this is okay. our love letter to yeah. stop motion and all the history that just hasn't been yeah. written down about yeah. modern stop motion
1: I think though it's a tribute to uh uh it's a, it's a tribute to you that like all of the names of all these productions and you're intertwined in all of them. Like having yeah. them, like, it's like you spilled, like you had a deck of stop mo cards and you just spilled them all over the table. And now you're trying to fucking pick them all up and be like, well, shit, was, this yeah.
0: was, <laughs> but it's true because... Well, because I mean, again, with the DNA, it was, you know, you had, um, the first season of Frankenhole was also made at, um, Shadow, Shadow Machine. Machine, right? And then, um, Dino and uh, Dan Harmon and uh, um, you know, all those guys they, they left and started Starburns and so I, I was an animator on the first season of Frankenhole and then I became the animation director on the second season of Frankenhole
2: there we go, okay, now I'm following that DNA chain
0: and then that ended and I want to say I worked on the Spongebob Christmas special...
2: At Screen Novelties, right?
0: At Screen Novelties. Fuck, we haven't
2: even talked about Screen I know. Novelties. And
1: Screen Novelties, <laughs> I was going to say, Screen Novelties is another one you can trace that DNA through all of this stuff. I feel like
0: we should do an LA Because right. those DNA guys podcast. set up... I, I believe they were... They. I mean, I knew them from Deathmatch as well. Yeah. Like, that one was uh, Mark and Shay, as a, they were a duo. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but they, they still are, right? on Deathmatch... And then the three of them, you know, teamed up. Hello?
1: Yeah, 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 we're still here. <laughs> okay,
0: it got really, it got really clear all of a sudden. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then they, and they, 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 I think they were already speaking all of and Chris Finnegan joined them.
1: Yeah.
0: But the three of them set up Shadow to produce right. the first even or two of Robot Chicken.
1: Yeah, because didn't it start? Wasn't wasn't the didn't Robot Chicken start out of some other thing that was web based that they yeah. all worked? Yeah. In? It was it
2: was just Matt and Seth.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't called Robot Chicken right. yet. It was called it was
0: no, like. It was... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It was called something else, but I don't recall what it was called. Yeah, but
2: it was just the two of them fucking around because Matt was the right. editor of Wizard magazine, and they both were like super into toys.
0: And they had and done like, those
2: comic
1: strips in, in, uh, I don't in know the what magazine, it was. Yeah. In the magazine. In yep. the magazine, yeah. So, so Mark and Shay are setting up what would then become Robot Chicken. So in a way, and Shelby, even though they weren't yeah. done it, doing it under, uh, screen novelties, screen novelties right. is, is this is this snake that goes through it and everybody yeah. knows and, and has worked with those guys. And they're all now. Yeah. And if you haven't, you're nothing. But you the, and, but the,
2: and then, and then, yeah, then you throw Bix, <laughs> Bix, picks, picks into the mix. Too. Oh, and then Lord. it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, so you, um, so let me ask you, I know that. Um, so uh, Duke Johnson was, he was like interning or he was, he had just moved out from, He had just started kind of working around Frankenhole. I don't know if he had an actual role on it, but there was one unproduced episode and that Duke had the available time and he had convinced some other folks on Frankenhole to basically just shoot the episode with like three people. And that got the attention of Dino. And Dino was like, holy fuck, this this kid, you know, just took it upon himself to like make an unproduced episode. Did you have anything to do with with that kind of like rogue unproduced episode?
0: I did not. I think it was, I think it was, that was, I, I don't think it was Frankenhole. I think it was a rogue episode of uh moral oral actually. Oh. I don't think it was Frankenhole.
2: Oh, maybe it was Moral oral. Um,
0: I, I never, like I said, I didn't work on moral oral, but I feel like that's where Duke got his start.
2: I think, yeah. Um, so maybe it was Moral oral. Cause from a timeline point of view, I, I think that would make sense, but you had known yeah. of, was it Duke that pulled you onto Anomalisa?
0: Well, he pulled me on. Well, I mean, we met on Frankenhole, and, Hole and um, oh, because
2: you were the animation when, director.
0: On the on the on the first season, I was just an animator, and you know, Shadow like just hired me from you know, Robot Chicken was ending, Frankenhole was starting, and so it just kind of rolled over into it. Um, and so that's how you know. Uh Dino and Duke, they show up, and you know basically we're already crewed with everyone who was there before right so. mm-hmm. um, and most of those people they knew from moral Oral anyways because that was also shadow machine right right
2: but so but then at some point in time, they made the decision, you know what this Dan Driscoll guy should come over and lead the entire animation charge and team and style for this Charlie Kaufman picture.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they decided that, but yeah. Is it because
2: you're fucking, is it because you're amazing and you've worked on 35 different projects? <laughs> well, I, okay, so I have to tell you that, so Dustin Martian, who uh, produces this podcast for us, um, earlier today when I was telling him who um, who we were getting uh, on the podcast today, I was like, I described you as being a celebrity. Um, and I mean that because your fucking name, just like Rob said, your name comes up in Basically every conversation we have that involves stop motion. And now you're hiding in, uh, in Connecticut, like the Unabomber.
1: Hiding in plain sight, yeah. like some sort plain of predator. Sight.
2: That is so bad. <laughs> um, so you, uh, so after, what did you do after Anomalisa? Um, after Anomalisa, let's see,
0: after Anomalisa, I, I feel like I, was that, I think I did some Super Mansion and Robot Chicken. Oh, you did. So you went back was, over there. Was right around the time when um, um, I was thinking about we were we were like looking at like just getting a break. My my oldest daughter, who was you know, uh, she was about to start high school, and the idea of like L.A. high schools were not appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I mean we, you know. We talked about Anomalisa, but we haven't talked about all the other things we did while we were on Anomalisa that just kind of led to like.
2: You mean like you and I doing a pilot really, for Disney? Of
0: really kind of burnt out and and burnt <laughs> on the whole. Like I felt, you know, at the at the end of it, I you know.
2: um How many prod dudes? Seriously, did Like, a pretty yeah,
0: break. I think so. Well,
2: because while you're animation supervisor, you and I did a pilot for Disney. Then we did yeah. another pilot for NBC. Yes. And then we did. And,
0: and we did uh the Lego... Oh, my God, stuff. dude. Oh, my God, the fucking Lego
2: project. It was a Lego movie DVD special or something.
1: Yeah. And this was all at the same time? Wow, yeah.
2: This was at literally the at the same... This was literally, like, stages. Some of our Anomalisa... Because st- we were so far behind anyway on Anomalisa. Some of the stages <laughs> actually just got taken down and turned into Lego. Okay. Yeah, it was... uh it was definitely a trying time. Yeah. But, uh, Dan was all great. You were always like unbelievable under pressure. Your bedside manner was great. You were a really incredible leader. Um, and all the animators really just had a really deep respect for you. Um, and you were wow. running your ass off.
0: Most of them. Most of them. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <Close to> them. <laughs> the ones that
2: count, Dan. Well, everybody was really nice to me because I was a producer. So maybe they just had to be nice to me, but everybody seemed to be, um, everybody was like pretty cool on that project, but, um, but for folks who don't know much about Anomalisa, it was not an easy show. It was, it was fucking, no. it was a really, really hard movie to make. And the oxygen yeah. was thin. We didn't really have a lot of resources. And at that time, Bix Picks had just picked up with, um, with Tumble Leaf, which was the new game in town. And everyone was like, wait, Amazon's right. making new stuff. Right. So we had a well, mass exodus remember, of talent. I'm
0: trying to remember when you came in on the process. Cause. It was, when it was like two months was into hired, shooting. There was, there was another animation supervisor. Before you? And he quit. Yes. And he quit like four weeks before production was supposed to
2: start. Yeah. I think that, that there's a theme on that picture. Um, it was hard to work on. A lot of people left the movie, um, not necessarily because... Like, oh, this movie's so hard to work on, but because there were so many other opportunities, because new media had just kind of started and the streaming craze that Bad. all this, right. these new opportunities popped up around us and we lost a shit ton of talent. Um, but yeah. wait, so who the fuck was the animation supervisor before you? What's that? Who, who was the animation supervisor before you came on?
0: Oh, uh, uh, this guy, Harry. Um, Wait, Harry's- Chaskin? Wait, what the fuck? Wait, yeah. Chaskin? Wait, Chaskin yeah. the
2: fucking director yeah. from Stupid Buddy? Yeah. We gotta get Harry on this show. I like Harry. He always sounds like he's on value. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's like he, so just a chill motherfucker. Or maybe he's like super stoned. Anyway, um
3: yet?
2: I think so. He's really yeah. really nice guy. I fucking love the guy. Um oh, it was Harry. You know, we could have an entire episode on Anomalisa. It was definitely Definitely a tough show. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe, Maybe we, we should, should get Mister Mister Duke Johnson to call in from we Los Angeles a, we or get him a, up here to Portland.
1: We should do a group a group, uh, group. podcast with a couple folks. We got we got you, we, group, got ben, we got Javen, we got a, a group therapy like, session. Yeah, and yeah. I'll yeah. um, um, and I'll and I'll moderate because uh, uh, being the uh, outside observer, I have no, I got no dog in this. <laughs> but you seen the race. picture? The
2: picture's fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I Holy love the movie. moly! Uh, oh, I actually
1: saw the I saw it at. It's it just so happened I was in um, Toronto shooting a commercial at the time when it premiered. It's world
2: international oh, yeah. was
1: premiere that, was that, was that, no, right? no, was that, that TIFF? Yeah. So I saw it there with everybody uh, you know, on stage with the question and answer and everything. Oh, that's right. Duke
2: was there that time. Duke and
1: yeah. Charlie, yeah. But yeah, yeah, Duke, yeah. Charlie and others. There yeah. were other people there too. Oh,
2: oh, the act, yeah, of, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, Jennifer Jason and Lee. Was the, there. And the wolf from, uh, from, uh, <laughs> uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. I love that guy. Uh, uh, so after Anomalisa, you went back to the warm bosom of, of, uh, of Stupid Buddy and you did some yeah. Super Mansion and some Robot Chicken. And then you became, right.
1: which I don't know if I saw you. I did, I came by Stupid Buddy that in 2014. And mm-hmm. I think That's they right? were gearing yeah. up for, Super mansion or maybe they were shooting it already and I was just but in the we didn't room for wrap the grab
2: shooting on anomalies until like November of 14
1: so may- maybe this yeah. maybe this was like pre-production on Superman because I was gonna say I didn't I didn't, maybe, yeah. I didn't get to see no. you, Dan so so that was
2: before they were trying you got to there. keep you guys apart yeah. Um, yeah so going back to now the very beginning of the podcast when we first uh, picked up with you Dan um, yeah we're now back at that point, right? Because you left, right. uh, you finished uh, your stint at Stupid Buddy. Um, you bought a shack sight unseen and then spun it into a TV show. And then now right. you're still currently living in that house.
0: No, um, <laughs> we still own the house. But um, Fancy. Um, yeah, like uh, I, Michael Bannon saw the episode, the infamous show and he sent me a message on facebook um about you know asking if i wanted to come out and do some freelance work and i mean i knew he was working doing these Bob's commercials but i didn't really really pay any attention to him um and you know i think i was waiting to hear back about um the next season of robot chicken or i can't remember what like you know whatever was coming up next because i I just finished a season of robot chicken and we were just hanging out in new york and, uh, so I went out for two weeks to, uh, Connecticut and then I did another two weeks. This is all freelance. And, um, he offered me a job and, That's um awesome. I think it's full time.
3: Yeah.
0: It, uh, and I'm like, you know, that sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and how many years is- it's. It, Sorry. I was
1: just going to say, how many years has it been? Like how, how long this, this, this four week, two, two, two week yeah. stints turned into how long has it been now? Uh,
0: the end of this month will be three years. That's amazing.
1: Holy cow. In stop motion terms, that's like an eternity.
0: Yeah. Jobs don't last yeah. that
1: long.
2: I think that, yeah, like I said earlier, this just seems like such a unique situation. I've literally never heard of anything like this before, except for like, there's that kind of like Oz West situation Damn. out here. Um, but that's really amazing. And Dan, I, I feel like this couldn't happen to a better guy. Your skill set is unfucking believable. You're an amazing animator. You're a great leader. Uh, and as it turns out, you're a pretty fucking nice guy too.
0: I have my moments. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, I do remember the moments and I think we talked about this with Javen was, um, coming back to the <laughs> studio at Anomalisa after getting shit faced with the crew. Yeah. Coming back at like 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, finding you and several others playing Star Wars in the, uh, you know, I was was listening to
0: that podcast last night on the way home from (laughs) playing X Wing. (laughs) Like that bastard doesn't even play anymore. The hell's wrong with him? Full circle. Yeah.
2: Do you remember (laughs) you you and I were literally talking about X Wing? Like it was, we were pitching Disney and you and I carpooled (laughs) that day. We were in my old beat up BMW. And we were driving to the Disney television. I think it was Disney TV. And you and I, instead of talking about the pitch, you and I were just talking about (laughs) (laughs) X-Wing. Like, uh, on the way in. Anyway, very good memory. Well, um, Dan, I have one last question for you. Sure. On my side, maybe, maybe Rob's also hiding a last question, but, um, would you, um, would you come back out to LA or come back out to Portland if the opportunity presented itself? Like on, you know, like on the Guillermo del Toro's got Pinocchio out here.
0: Yeah. Uh, Henry Selick's you know, new um, film. I'm, I'm, I'm working with, uh, an anim- I've been working with another animator, uh, on a freelance basis. He comes in and there's just been so much work that we've been bringing in extra help.
1: Holy cow.
0: Um, That's I won't new. say who he, who it is in case he doesn't want, I, I don't know, but he's, he's applying for some of the work out there and he said I should apply like, well, you want me to take the job just so you can get my job.
3: Right.
2: The old bait and switch. Well, yeah, of course, because there would be a cavity to fill if you left that warm, comfortable spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, That's amazing because, Um, you know, it's the fucking Hallocene days, homie. Right right. now, there's so much stop motion happening on the West Coast. It's like, it's incredible. I mean.
0: Right. And, um, you know, I talked to my wife. I talked to Cindy about it um and i told her like there's all this stuff going on in portland and she asked me well are you applying and i'm like why would you do that to me because i of course i would love to but at the same time um you know my oldest is going off to college which is great Mm -hmm. and wow my like izzy is uh was born right at the end of um little people you know she's she's gonna start high school and i think the last thing you know these moves for her have been particularly hard on her, So to move her to Portland would be you know
2: rough, right. Or yeah, you get one of fun. those efficiency um, apartments for nine thousand you
0: guys you guys touched you guys touched on it on one year I, I don't remember which podcast it was, but it's like, you know you take one of these jobs and then you know, even like you know the Pinocchio could last, I mean what nine months to a year tops, and then what do you do? and they right. now you have, you know, 20 animators all scrambling for the next gig. Yeah. Um, I've definitely thought about, you know, I always, you know, since I've been here for three years, it's, you know, it would be, I thought about like, seriously, like, you know, I could easily take two or three weeks off. Um, and that, that I could look at like a nice recharging and going out to like LA or Portland or something like that. But, um, you know, it's been so busy here and I actually feel like I've just gotten to a place where, um, settling in, um, you know, finally kind of, you know, I actually have like a really good crew here. You know, it like fits, yeah. it around quite a, you know, um, and the team here is so great. And, uh, I'm just starting to get back into like, you know, I should, I should make something myself. Yeah, like, for oh, sure. Um, yeah. It, it's funny, That's my, a great my, idea. Usually my Tuesday, my, we're recording on a Tuesday and usually my Tuesday nights have been taking my, uh, son to, uh, a school Lego club. Uh huh. And so I, I, I put him in the door and then I sit down in the hallway and I start drawing yep. and start sketching stuff out again, which is something like I haven't really had time for, but now, oh. you know.
2: Um, Dan, Dan, becoming, you should do more it
0: more of a thing. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on and, uh, I, you know, I would never put it, you know, you can never say never. And you, know, like I said, maybe there's going to be a time where I take, you know, a couple of weeks off and just, you know, it'd be, it'd be good to see, like, it'd be good to, to see you, Rob, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Whatever.
2: No. laughs> yeah, likewise. Well, you know, um, Dan, I would, it feels to me that, uh, especially if you have the facility at your disposal, that. Um, that's also a rare opportunity. It feels like, uh, um, yeah. maybe the world should see an original Dan piece. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause you've worked on so many projects and you've worked on stuff that other right. people have written and that, you know, all the designs and stuff have been laid out before you. But I think that would be a really interesting meditation to see what, uh, yeah. what your of gods and monsters is. Uh, but also, I'll just let you know, I I can't disclose what it is, but uh, I think I'm gonna take a a producing role on a Netflix picture in LA soon, um, and that we might be needing some animators, even if it's like you know a short <laughs> stint. So we can have another conversation about that later. Yeah. Um, but also, dude, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time. We've had uh, uh, almost an hour and a half of just full tilt boogie catching up, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, I feel like. I haven't heard your voice in a long time, partner.
0: It, yeah. It's been, it has been such a long time. It's crazy how, how that time passes, that Anomalisa time. <laughs> yeah. Dude, right. It, what, is, what was that? it
1: was
2: like five years ago.
1: And that's the thing is like, especially the, you know, the further we get into this thing, the, the faster all that stuff goes. So I'm just really like, yeah, yeah. to me, Anomalisa seems like <laughs> that just happened,
2: right? But it's crazy. But in this conversation yeah. with Dan, we went from the conception of his first child in Portland to the fact that she's going off to college. Yeah. Like, holy
0: yeah breath yeah. of time. And he was that. That's where. Yeah, there were days I would show up to work at Vinton. My wife was. Uh, it was her last year of grad school um, in Portland, and there were times when she just couldn't have the kid. So she would come by the studio drop her off and I would have her in, like the Bjorn in front of me. And I'd reach around her and animating puppets. Yep. Okay. <laughs> hoping, hoping, hoping her reach wasn't quite long enough to reach like Thurgood. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She's
2: your assistant animator. That's awesome. Dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dan, it, it, <laughs> uh, like I said, your, uh, the life that you've carved out for yourself over there in Connecticut sounds, it sounds amazing and, and amazingly unique. Um, you are, uh, an awesome human being. And I, uh, uh, I would love to figure out a way to maybe work together again in the future.
0: That'd be fantastic. Fitz and I have been talking about projects and stuff. So I mean, oh. we're, you know, we're we're in a really good spot where it's like, you know, we have this. You know, this is this job. It's it's nine to five. Like at right. five o five, I'm like turning oh, yeah. off lights and walking out the door. Yeah, and then it's a it time. It, it's it's never going away. Yeah. Knock on wood. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, can you tell Fitz? <laughs>
2: tomorrow at work can you tell Fitz that we've name dropped him on this podcast that uh he's such a badass motherfucker so uh, uh, he goes by Fitz because his last name is Fitzgerald he also goes by Jason even though that's not his real name his real name is like Richard Fitzgerald is that right
0: oh I don't know you know I did not know that part I thought it was just Jason Fitzgerald
2: yeah, yeah he's a rock and roller that yeah. motherfucker yeah I love that yeah. guy to pieces we just we did this awesome Gus Van Zandt <laughs> thing last year together it was fucking awesome Anyway, um uh you're amazing. Tell Fitz that we say hi, we miss him. Um, I will. And let's uh let's stay in touch, partner.
1: Yeah, it's awesome talking Definitely. to you, man. It's been too long. Yeah, it's
0: great to catch up, Rob.
1: Yeah. Well uh and 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 I think it would be fun to uh I'm I'm volunteering right now to monitor a uh an Anomalisa uh episode. So we'll we'll hook that up. I think
2: that'd be great. I yeah. think that the uh there's a lot of really awesome stones to uh to lift up on that picture. Yeah.
0: Cool. And and bash each other's heads in. Yeah, exactly. And
2: then beat our own (laughs) fucking heads in. That was a tough picture, but everybody survived. Anyway, uh, you're an animal. Um, uh, uh, I know it's really late in Connecticut and you're an old man, so thank you for staying up late with us, man.
0: Yeah. Nine o'clock is very late. Yeah. Dude, cheers. Yeah.
2: So, Dan, thanks again, man.
0: Thanks, Dan. No problem. Anytime. Yeah, let me know when Hanomalisa happens. Will do. Oh, my God. Yes. Round table,
2: baby. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Cheers. Thanks,
3: you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.